following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2023, on the basis of John 1, verses 1 through 18. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Wouldn't it be great if every day could be Christmas? I realize that's the kind of question that is usually born out of the sort of wide-eyed optimism that is typically possessed by a four-year-old, but I mean it. Wouldn't it be great if every day could be Christmas? Actually, let me rephrase that question this way. If there were just one facet of Christmas that you could have every single day throughout the year, what would that facet or aspect of Christmas be? Would it be the presents? Would it be the music? Would it be the decorations so that when your tree and your lights are still up in early February, your spouse isn't on your case about that? Would it be the all-day 24-hour marathon of a Christmas story that plays every year on TBS? Would it be the food? Recently, I was talking with a, a young person at our congregation, and she was sort of lamenting the fact that they were going to have turkey at their family Christmas dinner, even though she liked ham a little bit better. And I was lamenting that at our Christmas dinner, we're going to have ham, even though I like turkey a little bit better. And so I suggested that we actually switch seats at our respective Christmas tables. I have said on a couple of occasions that if I could have turkey year-round, I think I would take it. So which facet of Christmas, if you could have it every single day throughout the year, which one would you pick? For the past several weeks here at Good News, we've been talking about having a disruptive Christmas. How God's arrival in our world upends everything in life. And yet I realize that way of talking about Christmas could maybe be a little bit misleading. You see, there are a lot of disruptions that happen in our life that happen, and then almost the very next day things are back to normal. In fact, that's kind of true of a lot of things that happen this time of year. We have this special season of the year where everything is so different, but in just about a week or so, everything is going to be back to normal. And it would be easy to think of Jesus' birth that way. As if we mark it on our calendars and we celebrate it on one day, and then the very next day, life goes back to normal, just like it does when you celebrate your birthday. That's why I'm so glad that these words of John chapter 1 are in front of us this morning. In them, John is going to tell us about the very miraculous and very mysterious thing that happened on Christmas, a thing that once it happened is never going to unhappen. He is going to tell us about the disruption that we call the incarnation, God's own Son taking on human flesh, a disruption that has both fundamentally and forever changed our relationship with God. And so as we look at these verses from John 1 this morning, we are going to see that not just on one day, but every day, Christmas gives us a skin-deep relationship with our God. Now, I realize that normally when we describe something as just skin-deep, that means it's not very deep at all, right? It means that it's shallow and it's surface level. A relationship that is skin-deep is not very close, and yet there is a reason why we need a skin-deep relationship with our God. In fact, even though what happened on Christmas is kind of this unique and one-of-a-kind thing, God had actually been preparing his people for what would happen on Christmas for centuries. 
going all the way back to when God first chose one nation out of all the nations on earth and made them his special people. When he made them his people by bringing them out of slavery in Egypt, God wanted his people to know how they could have a close relationship with him. And so he set up this thing called the tabernacle, which was basically this fancy and ornate tent. A tent that at its core consisted of two layers of animal skin. And once that tent was set up, God made a promise in relationship to that tent. He said to his people, there, in that place, I will meet you and speak to you. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and I will be their God. So in other words, in order for God to be close to his people, he had to use animal hides to hide. He had to use skins to enclose himself. The way that God was close to his people was actually by hiding in that tent. Now, what in the world does that have to do with Christmas? Well, when John wants to tell us what was really going on in that manger in Bethlehem on Christmas night, here's what he says. He says, the Word, which is his special term for God's own Son, he says, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. More literally, John is saying that the Son of God took on human flesh and he set up his tent among us. Once again, in order to be close to his people, God used a hide to hide. Only this time the hide didn't belong to an animal. It belonged to us. He put on our human skin so that we sinful people could approach a holy God, so that we people would know in a very visible and very tangible way that our God was close and that he was among us. God hides himself in order to get close to us. And that's important to know because there are a lot of other ways that we might assume that we can have a close relationship with God. Lots of times people assume that in order to have a close relationship with God, they need to, to get to know him on a very deep level. And in our day especially, we might assume that the way that we get to know God on this deep level is sort of the way a psychologist might get to know a patient. We sort of need to climb up there to him to where he's at and get inside of his brain. And so maybe we need to pursue some deep, profound mysteries about God that no one else knows about, that no one else has. Maybe we need to just ponder and meditate deeply and imagine the thoughts and ideas that are floating through his head. Maybe we need to examine and sort of scour the events of our life so that we can try and discern and pick out what his plan for us, what his will is for our life. In all of those ways, the assumption is the same, that in order to get close to God, we need to know him and we need to know him deeply. But in order to get close to us, God does just the opposite. He hides. Not only did he do that for centuries prior to Christmas, but he did it on Christmas as well. In fact, he didn't even stop doing it at Christmas. Here among us, God says that when a group of Christians gathers together and his word is being read, is being heard, is being learned, is being talked about, he says, there I am 
with them. Our God promises that when someone is baptized in his name, in the name of the triune God, Jesus says, there I am. I am with you. Jesus promises us that when we take simple bread and wine and we celebrate the meal that he established before he went back up into heaven, the very skin, the very body and blood that he took on at Christmas now get joined to that bread and wine and are delivered and offered to us for the forgiveness of our sins. So in simple leaves of paper and black ink, in ordinary water that comes right out of the faucet, in a small piece of bread and a small sip of wine. This is how God hides among us in order to be as close as he can possibly get. So when our God gets close, what do you suppose we learn about him? Again, not everything. And that's okay, because what we do learn about our God is the important thing that we need to know, the most important thing we need to know. What the Bible and what John here refers to as God's glory, the real essence of who he is, what makes him who he is, what makes him unique, his name brand identity, we might say. And of course, that's the thing that we care most about, isn't it? If you ask for a new pair of Nike shoes for Christmas this year, I'm guessing it wasn't because you happen to like the payroll software that they use to pay their employees at the corporate headquarters. I'm guessing it wasn't because you like the cleaning products that they use to keep the bathrooms clean at the factory. No, you asked for Nikes because of how they look, because of their fit and their feel and their style. That's their brand. And in the very same way, when God draws close to us, we don't learn everything there is about him to know, but instead, we learn his glory. We get to see it. In fact, again, God had been preparing his people for this very thing for centuries before Christmas. When he brought his people up out of Egypt and they were all gathered together at that special mountain of the Lord, the mountain known as Mount Horeb, it was Moses who asked if he could see the glory of God. And God said, nobody can see my glory face to face and live. And so once again, I'm going to have to hide. Actually, this time, God decided to hide Moses. God hid Moses in a cleft in the face of of a rock. And then God passed by and allowed Moses to see his glory, but only from behind, so to speak. And as God passed by in all of his glory, he also proclaimed his name. He let Moses know what his name brand identity was. And he said, I am a God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, willing to forgive any wickedness, rebellion, and sin. But then he also said, I am a God who does not leave the guilty unpunished. I am a God who does not ignore sin or just sweep it under the rug or act as if it doesn't exist. Well, again, what does any of that have to do with Christmas? Well, when the Apostle John wants to tell us what happens when God gets close to us by taking on human flesh, here's what he says. He says, we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then he adds, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son has made him known. So in Jesus, God has done for us exactly 
what he did for Moses. He allows us to see his glory. In Jesus, we see that our God is compassionate, loving, and forgiving. He is full of grace. In Jesus, we also see that our God does not let sin go unpunished. He is also full of truth. And it's important for us to know that that is, in fact, God's glory because very often we like to sort of rebrand God's glory in an image of our own making. We like to think that God's glory is either one or the other. In other words, maybe God's glory is all grace. God loves you no matter what. No matter what you do, no matter how you live, it's all good with God, and in the end, everything will be fine with God. All grace. Or, God is all truth. Better straighten out your act. You better behave yourself. He's watching, you know. You better be on his good side. You better not end up on his naughty list. All truth. God reveals his glory as full of both grace and truth. Not 50% of one and 50% of the other. Not a nice, neat and tidy compromise somewhere in between. No, instead, God has a white, hot anger and hatred for sin. And he hates that the people he created commit those sins. And yet that very same God is so loving and compassionate that he is willing to spare no expense in order to see those very same people forgiven. He is both of those turned up to 11. He is both of those on full blast. He is full of grace and he is completely full of truth. And so no, it's not just one day where Christmas changes our relationship with God. Christmas gives us a relationship with God that is skin deep every single day. Well, I should clarify that just a little bit. We have a relationship with God that is skin deep every single day for now. Because not only has the Bible prepared us for this, did God prepare his people for centuries for having this relationship with him, not only did Christmas bring it about, but it also gives us a preview of what is to come. And when the Bible describes our eternal home with heaven, do you know what it says? It says that, yes, our Savior Jesus will be there, and he will still be wearing our skin. The incarnation is a disruption that will never unhappen. He is one of us, now and forever. But the Bible says that when the people of God are all gathered together on the other side of eternity, do you know what he's going to do for us? He's going to spread his tent over us. In other words, it's no longer going to be God hiding in the tent so that we can be close to him. We're going to be invited in. His full presence and full glory are going to envelop and surround us. And then we will know him fully. We will know the payroll he uses to pay, the payroll software he uses to pay the angels for all the work they do. We'll know the cleaning products he uses to keep heaven spick and span. We will know him fully, even as now we are fully known by him. And so, yes, not just on one day, but every single day, we have a relationship with God that is skin deep 
until it doesn't need to be anymore. Amen.